We've got new games on the horizon. Whether you want to be a bounty hunting Mandalorian or an airbending avatar, we'll talk about what's to come. And a lot of news coming out of the console world as Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo all have exciting things to chat about. We're going to talk about all of this stuff and so much more right now on Gaming News Weekly. What's up, everybody? It's time for another action-packed episode of Gaming News Weekly, the best weekly video game news show out there every single Monday. We're bringing you all the biggest things happening in the video game industry. You can check us out on Fruit Lab, YouTube, and podcast services everywhere. My name is Erock the Red. I am joined this week and every week by Full Clip. What's going on, dude? How are you? What's up? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm like 90% there. Um, had a little fight with covid over this past week mm, but mm-hmm. uh, i'm glad to be doing something productive because that it really like just takes it out of you drains you uh didn't get sure. a lot of gaming in until like today oh really yeah um yeah i'm i'm a little under the weather myself so yeah i hear you man i was excited to get in here and chat because yeah i've just been like really being like just you know meh meh you know oh, yeah. i have been doing gaming though i have that's one thing that has remained uh uh going on you, you get anything uh while you were you know uh laid up at all not much during that that time no. but you know before no. and after i i ended it uh with a little bit of hell let loose you remember that one coming out a few weeks oh, ago oh yeah yeah, probably yeah. you got into that yeah sure i always thought whenever i see it i'm like i bet full Club would dig this oh, oh yeah uh, am i right Right. And it's it's right up my alley because I've always been a fan of both Call of Duty and Battlefield. I do like the larger um, mm-hmm. settings of Battlefield maps, but it's absolute chaos when we got into 2042. Sure. And, you know, you're it, it was more of a running simulator where you run, 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 get sniped from God knows where. And then it's all over again. This one is um, if you were to take Battlefield, I guess, but you have more like the rules of hardcore and Call of Duty, like unless you specifically go and and make it this way you don't have much of a heads-up display at all you have like zero indication of whether or not you hit the enemy that you're firing at because they're usually very far away from you um you'll see some blood splatter if you're lucky or you m- might hear like the slight ping of the helmet if you got a headshot on them but that's like your only indication you're not out really you're not out there going for kills this game is much more about control of the area so you've got your objective. It's more like conquest mode from Battlefield games, but you have to be in tune with your squad and your team about where you're spawning in, where the enemy is spawning in, and capturing these points in order to win. You're enjoying it? It's a good time? Yeah. Yeah, so far. I've how, gotten better with time. Okay. I was going to say, how much is the the learning curve from when you first get in there? Are you dying like like crazy at the beginning, and then you kind of pick it up? Yeah, the first night I played it with my buddy, I just died over and over again. I could barely get a shot on anybody. But since then, I've kind of figured it out, figured out the pacing. And it's it's really a good idea to just kind of follow your teammates, follow your squad mates there, and uh, watch. Because this is much more yeah. about sort of stealth a lot of the time, and these sure. long-range um, fights. And you have to watch where those shots are coming from, so you can try to get uh, some clue of where the other person even is. Cool, cool. Yeah, it always intrigued me 
I've watched some gameplay and stuff like that, but it is like it's intense. It's definitely much more um, you know, realism realism based than than your Call of Duty or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um very cool. Um let's see what do oh dude, I've been playing. I got into a real Metroidvania uh week. Like I've just been playing. I got review copies of two games. A game called Ultros and a game called The Mobius Machine. And um they're both side scrolling Metroidvanias and I got I've gotten lost in both of them. Uh Ultros is super psychedelic, really like um I don't know, I described it as like, you know, those black light posters where it's just yeah. like, you know, mushrooms or whatever. It's like that. Um, but in a world brought to life where there's these crazy um, monsters and everything looks gross. But like the it's the whole story is even real trippy, too, because you're like in this loop where time like keeps going if you die. And so it makes it like, you know, it's got roguelike qualities where you'll die or even when you beat the boss and go to the end, you come back and you have to start over and you get your your stuff again. And it's weird. Um, that one's good. I, I've enjoyed the time I've spent in that one. But I've fallen in love with the Mobius machine. Now, this game, it's like, it's got like a 3D um, kind of look to it. It's still 2D side-scrolling, but it's got like depth to it. Um, but you play like this, you look, you look like an astronaut and you're just going through the world and you have to, uh, this one's gun based, whereas Altros is like sword. Um, and you just go and you go through the world and, and find upgrades and kill things. And it's just all about exploration and backpedaling. You got, it's constant, it's, it's a great Metroidvania in that you're getting new skills to go back. And like, once you get the, you have to find the blueprints for stuff. Like you're not just given like double jump. You have to, like, go and find, like, stuff to, like, double jump or find stuff to boost further so that you could go further. It's tons of backpedaling, tons of map management, but, man, I love it. I'm, I am i can't stop playing it. Every time I sit down, I'm like, all right. And I'm, I'm playing it on the Steam Deck, and it runs amazingly on the Steam Deck. And the sleep function on the Steam Deck is great because I don't have to find a save spot. Um, so I'm picking it up, and I'm playing it, at, you know, 10 minutes. I could set it down not worry about saving the game or whatever. Um, and it's, it's good, dude. It's a fun game. I definitely, um, any fans of Metroidvanias out there, check out the Mobius machine. Uh, now I'm not a huge Metroidvania guy. I don't know, you know, what's good in the Metroidvania world, but I know when I like one, when the gameplay hook gets me and, uh, I, I'm having fun with it. And this is, this is definitely one of those. So I'm, I'm very psyched to, to continue to play it. I think I've put in maybe like eight, 10 hours into it and i've only found i don't know how many wor worlds there are seven i'm only through three of them so it's you know there's a lot of game so it's yeah. pretty cool that's pretty cool i checked out your video uh where you went over a couple of these and that black light one like the fuzzy poster one that was i like the look of that it made me want to jump into that when i try it out it's so weird it's one of the even like the way that the people talk in altros it's like really like I have no idea what's happening. It makes the game makes me feel really dumb. Um, but it's like definitely one of those where it's like you could just play it on mushrooms and have the time of your life. You know, oh. not that we here at Gaming News Weekly um, ever condone gaming at your own risk. Exactly. Just stick to um, drugs. It's safer. 
Exactly. One or the other. Never drugs while gaming. Um. Okay. I guess that's about. That's all I've been playing. Should we move things along? Yeah. Let's get into it. All right. Let's talk about our new releases from last week. First up, we had Banishers Ghosts of New Eden came out on February 13th on PC, PS5, and Xbox X and S. This is from developers Don't Nod. They did like the Life is Strange. So they're always good at, at these story-based games. But this one, it's a, it's like an action role-playing game where you play as these ghost hunters and you have to um, go fight that, solve the, the why they're ghosts and then either you know, banish them to hell or send them to heaven. But there's a twist. Um, your, your lovers, it's a guy and a, a girl, and the, the woman dies, and now she is a ghost. Wah, wah, wah. So you fight, you're, the, the fighting is like, sometimes you're playing as the living guy where you have a gun and, you know, and you're out there just fighting them with, with regular, you know, everyday items. And then other times you can play as the ghost and you're playing with magic and doing all these spells and stuff like that. So, and in it, the decisions that you make in the game matter. So you can choose to like, you know, absolve this guy for his crimes, or you could choose to banish him to hell. And those decisions allow you to either, you know, ascend your your lover into heaven or bring her back to life. So I've had, you know, I've had my eye on this. We've talked about it before. Um, it looks great. I'm excited to to check it out at some point when my you know when my gaming ban gets lifted. It's at a 78 on Metacritic, so it's reviewing very well. Um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, uh, I'm in there for this one. Yeah, I was wondering because I hadn't heard a lot about this since it came out, but you know there are right. so many games out right now hogging the attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the problem. That is the problem. I mean, all you hear about now is Hell Divers. Like that's yeah. all like anybody's playing. It's Hell Divers too. Um, Another one that came out, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, came out on February 16th on the Nintendo Switch. This is a remake of the Game Boy Advance game, and it's like a, a puzzle platform where you have to, you know, get through over, I think there's over 130 levels where you have to safely guide these little mini Marios, you know, to, to their home. And then every, I don't know, I think every world or whatever, there's Donkey Kong, and you got to battle him. And... um yeah, it looks cool. This one has uh, optional two-player mode, so you could play it. You could have a friend come along as, as Luigi and, and get in there and help uh, do things with you. And then there's different modes, so like there's like hardcore mode and you know chill mode and stuff like that. But definitely looks like a fun puzzle platformer. I never played the first one. Did you? No, I didn't. No, no. It looks cool though. I'm always a, yeah. I've been a fan of Mario and Donkey Kong separately. You know why not mix them together? Oh yeah. Well, I, I was a. Uh sleeping and doing my COVID dreams yesterday and my wife came and woke me up and was like I played this demo Mario versus Donkey Kong can we get this game it's two player so maybe soon I'll have a little bit of a review on it all right yeah yeah let uh let me know how that goes and then last up Skull and Bones also came out on February 16th on PC PS5 and Xbox X and S this one we've talked about it a bunch uh, we gave our, you know, uh, our thoughts on it last week, our first impressions. It's been in development for over 10 years, which is crazy to think about. Um, and it's finally out. You could play as a pirate. You get out there solo or with uh, two other friends. You sail the seas. You loot. You uh, battle other ships. 
you plunder. What are other things? Booty. You always got to get that booty. Um, arg. Um, did you get to put we, any we, more we, time we were, into it? I didn't. I didn't. I thought about it. Um, and then I was just like, I just kept being like annoyed with the little things that annoyed me the first time. And I'm like, I'm just going to go play. Uh, I started playing uh, Final Fantasy VII um, the remake. So I'm on, I'm trying to get that done before Rebirth comes out, uh, which is not going to happen. But um, I didn't. Did you go back and play some more? No, I didn't get the chance. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. I'm not sad about it. Like I keep thinking about like this little. Every time I did anything, a little black screen that would show up, and it would just annoy me. And then like I don't know. It's not. I think like you and I were a little split. You enjoyed what what you did in there up to a certain point. Um, and I just didn't like it at all. Um, and that seems to be the consensus. There's a lot of people that are enjoying it, saying it's a fun game for what it is, but it is at a 64 on Metacritic. So most people are are not as high on it, but I've definitely seen, um, a lot of reviewers enjoy it for what it is. Just thought that, and the same thing that we said that it could have really used more time, but there was no, that this game was not getting any more time. It had become like such a joke. And I feel like if it had been delayed any longer, people would have completely just written it off. You know? Yeah. Is it safe so, to say do, it wasn't a quadruple A game? Not not yet. And I feel like at some point, if they keep putting stuff out, now it depends on how they do the microtransactions. If they can continue to add to this game, similar to how, like, like No Man's Sky, when that came out, it was missing a ton of features and it was, it was janky, you know? And now they've just kept adding free updates, free updates, free DLC, everything. And now it's people love that game that the score of that game has changed drastically. And they're like, there's a big event coming up for that one, not to get off topic, but I think there's a, I forget what it's called, but there's a free to play weekend and like it's the last like big DLC. But anyways, it's been free like this whole time, like all these things. And I think that Skull and Bones can do that. But knowing Ubisoft and and the way that they handle stuff, they're gonna piecemeal all that stuff out and in, uh, in packages that you have to pay for. And right. no one's gonna play this game, so it's unfortunate. Um, but hey, there's always Sea of Thieves. All right, that's it for our new releases time to talk about our news of the week all right the landscape of the console world is changing both xbox and playstation announced their plans for the future recently xbox um had a podcast they put out and they had um phil spencer matt booty and sarah bond all on there talking about basically the rumors that you know have been going around we talked about the rumors last week about xbox um losing their exclusivity and putting out you know all their games everywhere it's kind of what happened so um in this small podcast one of the things they talked about was that they will be releasing some games um to the PlayStation and Nintendo Switch platform. They didn't say which games those were, but it seems to be pretty widely known within the video game world that they are going to be Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded. So expect at some point those games to come out on PlayStation 
and Nintendo Switch. Now, they didn't announce, make any announcements of any kind. So they're leaving it up to the individual, um, you know, studios, developers to put out that information when they're ready. Um, but, you know, they did make some other announcements. Basically, one quote from the... Um, the thing says, uh, to ensure long-term success for both Xbox and the industry as a whole, we must continue to evolve. Today, we announced that we will expand the communities we reach. We are currently in the process of bringing four Xbox games to other platforms. These are titles which have been available to Xbox players for at least a year, including hidden gems that deserve to be experienced more widely and live service games whose communities will benefit from welcoming even more players. Uh, we will share more details on these titles soon. So basically, that's you know, that's what they said regarding that. No Indiana Jones, no Starfield, like a lot of people were were hoping or expecting, you know. Uh, what do you think about this first announcement? Under Underwhelming? Whelmed? Uh, completely underwhelming compared to what people were saying a week ago. Xbox is dying. The world's crashing down. They're never going to make another console again. This right. This isn't that. This is like, this seems like something that's always happened. Just some games eventually come to another console big deal yeah and it was weird so and i think this whole thing this podcast this big announcement that they were making like i feel like that came about because of like these crazy rumors i i i don't think there needed to be this big announcement like this could have been a tweet or like a little article that came out that said hey you know don't worry it's just these four games yeah but you know they did. They did say other things during this event. They also said that um, uh, Diablo Four will be coming to Game Pass on March twenty eighth, and it's the only the beginning for the Activision Blizzard games uh, to come to the service. So expect more uh, coming down the line for those. And then um, one of the big announcements they said that they are working on a next gen console. So you know. Don't worry, it's not the end of the Xbox console, um, and it will be the largest technical leap uh, you have ever seen in a hardware generation. So, um, that's pretty cool. Um, they, they tweeted, Xbox hardware will also continue to be a flagship experience for players and for game developers to launch games on with a robust and innovative multi-year hardware roadmap, including more console and controller options for you this holiday. So, um and then I think there's more rumors about a handheld uh, Xbox at some yeah. point. A lot of a lot of stuff. So, yeah, they're still doing it. They're still in the market. Yeah, yeah. What do you think they mean by that? It's going to be the biggest leap in technology in a in a generation. I how much? Know. I don't know how you make a much yeah. bigger leap in technology. I mean, we're right. already pretty much in line. Like the consoles are similar to PC. You know, setups, right. it's so. like a, a higher end of the entry level to mid range gaming PC. So where are you going to go with that? That's going to be halfway affordable. Sure, you can pack more into there and charge twelve hundred dollars for it. But yeah. nobody's going to buy that console. Yeah, I don't know how unless they're going to invent some sort of new amazing thing. And, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, I don't know. I don't know because there's nothing out right now that is that big of a leap. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing that's available even right now. I mean, there are, like you said, very expensive things just coming out in the market or whatever. But, yeah, it's – I have no idea what that means. It, it might have been hyperbole, but, yeah, who knows what what that's going to be. Um, and then just one more thing on the Xbox front. 
the the following day to the podcast they they um they sent out an internal memo to all the employees of uh xbox and i thought this section was was very interesting it said uh, we have a different vision for the future of gaming, a future where players have a unified experience across devices, a future where players can easily discover a vast array of games with a diverse spectrum of business models, a future where more creators are empowered to realize their creative vision, reach a global audience, unite their communities, and succeed commercially, a future where every screen is an Xbox. This is a future where Xbox is everywhere, consistent with our promise to empower players to play the games you want with the people you want anywhere you want. So I like that every screen is an Xbox. And I think I even said that last show where I'm like, they want you playing, you know, Xbox on a refrigerator. You know, they want Game Pass on everything. Game Pass is what is, is, you know, is giving them, you know, is is fueling the whole gaming division. So, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know, know, man. It just sounds kind of like a lot of big talk because... We know they already approached Sony, possibly Nintendo, about having Game Pass on their platforms. Sony said, no way, of course. And I assume Nintendo said the same, unless you know something comes out in the next few months um, to let us know that Xbox Cloud will be over there on the Switch or something. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, saying that you want every screen to be an Xbox and actually making it happen, two very different things. And uh, Sure. I don't know when they talk about like, we, we want you to have the same experience across all of these different things, every screen and Xbox. Why do we need Xbox for that? Because like as a steam deck user, you can make any screen you want into a gaming PC. And if you had a, a, another gaming PC that you used as your main, and then you had that as a handheld and your portable gaming PC, steam has like cloud saves. So you could just use the same profile on both of those pick up your game where you left off potentially yep. depending on the title. So like, where does Xbox come into this? And I'm thinking that's kind of what their plan is. They've been, you know, kind of at the forefront of cloud gaming for a while. And if they can really perfect something like that, why not have, uh, you know, have game pass included on all new televisions, have it on like a little, like a fire stick type thing. You plug it in and bam, you're cloud gaming, you know, like it's possible to literally make, you know, every screen an Xbox, but just with this simple plugin or an app or something, you know, but this all depends on the future of cloud gaming. And can they really get it to work where it feels like true gaming? That's, you know, who, who knows? So it gives me, um, Gives me the vision of going to the dollar store and you've got those like little joysticks with the AV cables off of them. Yeah. And, like that's the whole console. That's what the future of Xbox is sounding like. Yeah. Just go to a five below and you're uh, all set. Um, yeah. So a lot of things going on over there. We'll see what any of that mean uh, as, you know, as time goes on. Um, on the Out of the PlayStation camp, there was an earnings call recently where um, the CEO um, Hiroki Totoki uh, had a few announcements to say. Uh, one thing he did announce was that they have no plans to release any new major existing franchise titles this next fiscal year, which is not a huge surprise. We haven't heard about anything in the works, and that fiscal year would be ending 
March 31st, 2025. So no new franchise titles between now and the beginning of 2025, which is not a huge surprise. And by that we mean, you know, God of War, Uncharted, Spider-Man, nothing new. But they did say they are focusing on continuing to produce, you know, high-quality third-party games, live-service games, um, and new IPs. So there's, you know, this is not, we're not talking about, you know, no new games or whatever, just none of their major franchises. So that was, um, that was one of those. And then uh, what else did he say? Okay, he also did talk about the the future of PlayStation Five as as far as the hardware sales. Um, he did say uh, regarding the PlayStation Five hardware, which will enter its fifth year since launch, partially due to its entering the latter half of the console cycle. We aim to optimize sales with a greater emphasis on balance with profits, so we anticipate a gradual decline in unit sales. Uh, from next fiscal year onwards, we expect third-party software sales to continue to expand gradually due to the expansion of the PlayStation 5 install base and the high level of user engagement, uh, blah, 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 a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, nothing major, just that, you know, don't expect any major franchises within the next, you know, year and a half or so. Are you uh, Are you okay with this? Yeah, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I mean, that's only a year away, and I'd have to do a deep dive into the past and see how often does this actually happen? Because a year between major titles like that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah, not that big of a deal. I think, and that's, I think just being that this was an earnings call, it was like, okay, listen, don't expect too much from us for the next couple of years. You know, we got to chill. No major franchises coming out, but that does lead us to this week's top five of the week. Top five. It's a top five. Top five. All right. This week we took a look at the our the best franchises that um come out of play, the PlayStation world. So we had a. This was a tough one for me. You and I. Our lists were very different. Mm. We're very different. So you played a lot more means, of like the first party titles than me on PlayStation. Yeah, so that so it it was weird. I'll get to it. Um, okay, St- kicking things off. Number five, Infamous and Little Big Planet. Um, both of those t- tied for number five. Now, Little Big Planet was your number one. Infamous was my number one, but neither of ours made it to each the other's list. So, which is why they, they oh, yeah. ranked number five on this one. So, but yeah, infamous, I would literally kill a person to get another infamous. I'm going to cut that part out of there. I will not kill any people for a video game, but man, I really want some infamous mm. and, um, little big planet is, is fantastic. In fact, I've been playing, uh, the sack boy game with my son and he loves it. Yes. And I would literally murder someone for another little big blimp. So I, don't. I know you. You say that all the time. You keep sending out your, your those letters to everybody. It's weird. Uh, number four, Horizon, the Horizon series. Great series. Of course, it's going to make the list. I feel like it's, as the rest of this list, not a surprise to anybody. Um, number three, God of War. Of course, you know, huge, huge franchise. How many games are there? 17,000 thousand different out of war games we talked about the previous ones um number two uncharted uncharted for me was my um was my number two overall pick 
I love the Uncharted games because I like a nice linear story. I'm weird like mm-hmm. that, but I do. Just show me which way I got to go, and I'm going to go that no, way, and I'm going to enjoy the story. It's nice to have something like that when everything else wants to be an open world. It definitely is. Mm-hmm. Dude, it even is one of those games where it's like, there's a lot of climbing in a non-chart series, but like all the ledges they need to climb are like a different color. So it just, you just go up, go up the white ledges. And number one, what's, what's number one? Ooh, Twisted Metal. No, didn't even make no. the list. Number one is also another tie. This one, The Last of Us, of course, and Ratchet and Clank made the number one spot, believe it or not. Um, the Ratchet and Clank games are, this was my number three pick overall. Uh, this is your number seven. Um, but, man, the Ratchet and Clank games are so fun. All the different weapons you get in there, they look gorgeous. They're, they're a blast. And they could not be more different from The Last of Us. Right. <laughs> I love that those are the two number ones, like Ratchet and Clank and The Last of Us, which we don't even need to talk about The Last of Us. Everybody loves The Last of Us. It is what it is. But, um, yeah, it was a fun. that was a fun list to make. I think, every, I think everybody's, you know, barring a few little changes, will be the same. You're always going to have The Last of Us, yeah. Uncharted, God of War, horizon in there and then it's just those other ones ratchet and clank infamous but i was surprised that like yeah twisted metal i mean we never stopped talking about twisted metal that's that didn't make the cut spider-man um you know those are fairly new but those didn't make the cut um so yeah socom you picked socom oh yeah socom oh i was hoping that one would come up Uh uh-huh yeah i know I, it's uh, it's another one of those stealth games that I can't get down with those. You know that. All right. That's it. Let's get back to the news. All right. And then to, just to not leave Nintendo out of any talks, uh, real quick, there were recent rumors um, stating that before the, the system has even been announced, the Nintendo Switch 2, it's already been delayed. Now they're saying that um, moved to the to early 2025 for a release um, and that the they're saying possibly to build a larger um, selection of release games for, for that window, um, which I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of 2024. There's like eight games set to come out. Um, so this is why everybody was expecting, you know, 2024 get the new system out, but yeah, we haven't heard anything. So I expect, Probably an announcement towards the end of 2024 and then spring 2025, we get the new system. I don't know. Sounds right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You'd think they'd want to hit Christmas or the holiday shopping season there, but I guess they haven't always in the past anyway. So, oh, well. Sure. Yeah. Um, That probably means that at least for that upcoming holiday season, there might be better stock less scalping and things like that going on. It just means mm-hmm. that people are going to have to be patient in getting one probably. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's those Nintendo. There will always be people buying a Nintendo anytime for any reason. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully they do make an official announcement soon. Cause I'm sick of just reporting rumors about rumors about rumors for that. All right. Next up. What the hell is going on over at Embracer? Um, they're doing a lot of restructuring, 
which I think that we called this like two years ago before. Because remember when like we were this was I think early on in in our uh, tenure here, um, saying like it's when they were like literally every week we're like an embracer bought this yeah. and they bought this and we're like this is not going to end well. <laughs> so yeah. what happened um, since then? They um, are doing a, a large restructuring to try to get back into a, you know, a, a positive um, future here. And they have announced or they have canceled 29 unannounced games since um, between July and December, which is crazy. We just, um, look at, you know, they're unannounced. We don't know what they were, but 29 games that have people building them, creating them. They just, uh, they canceled them and they have, um, basically here's the numbers. So during its first fiscal quarter in June, it had 153 unannounced games in development. Uh, that number fell to 138 in its second quarter and now 124 unannounced games in development, uh, since December. And then their restructuring also resulted in 1,387 job cuts, uh, which is about 8% of its global workforce during um, the six months, also ending in December. And um, yeah, now, and they're also, uh, they had 132 internal game studios uh, down from uh, 139 six months earlier. So um, seven studios less, 1,400 jobs less, and 29 games less in just about six months. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And I mean, the, the most surprising number is that that's only seven studios down. I guess all those jobs didn't come from those seven studios. All those games didn't come from those seven studios. But, man, that's right. a lot of money. If you think about the amount of money put into every salary on 29 different games, various lengths of production there, I'm sure. But some of these could have been in production for two years plus. And yeah. then that's just like thrown into the burn barrel. Yeah, dude, it's insane. Like they're really um whatever they did and whatever they're doing, it's just it's it's such a blight on the the video game community, the development community, how they just handled it from right from the start, just going out and just buying up all this stuff to be to try to like become this, you know, this super giant um in the video game and tech world. Like, I don't know. Like we we felt like something was going to go wrong at some point and now it has. And it's really, um, it's really un unfortunate. All right. Next up the PlayStation plus game catalog for February was announced some quality games here. Need for speed unbound the outer worlds spacers choice edition tales of arise assassins creed Valhalla Lego worlds, Lego Jurassic world rogue book rogue Lords, Tales of Zestiria are all coming to the um, PlayStation Plus Extra. And then on the uh, additional premium side, you get Resistance, Retribution, Tales of Symphonia, and Tales of Vesperia um, coming to PlayStation Plus Premium. These are all, um, you could get those February 20th. What do you think of this lineup? That's probably the best month for PlayStation Plus in recent memory. I absolutely agree. And for me, like some niche um, titles that I just happen to really love, but I like the Tales games. I've always been a huge fan of the Tales series. Tales of Symphonia 
is one of my favorite um, games in that genre. And that's, you know, that's coming to the premium package. But I've never, I haven't played the new Tales of Arise, which looks dope. I mean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that's like, what, 100 hours uh, a game for you right there. Um, you played the new Need for Speed, right? You like that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it's pretty good. Game. I mean, some people don't like the the dialogue and stuff. It's a little bit, uh, hello, fellow kids, or how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then just, I mean, a couple of Lego games, Lego Worlds, and the, I'm excited for the the Jurassic World, because that's got all the movies in it, Lego-fied. And, yeah, um, that's a good my, one, a big one, too. Yeah, my kid's going to dig that big time. Um, so... Yeah, I'm excited for for all of these. And then um, Rogue Book and Rogue Lords, uh, I have those in the Steam Deck, and I recommend both of them. So, yeah, great month. Definitely, um, you know, if you're on the fence. And then even, like, Outer Worlds. It's not my cup of tea. I played it. I wasn't a huge fan of it. But people, so many people that I know have spoken with consider it to be one of their favorite games of all time. So, crazy. Great month. Go out, get the new... Uh, PlayStation Plus lineup, uh, February 20th. Next up, we got a new first-person shooter Star Wars game coming where you take control of a Mandalorian. Oh, wait, wait. It's developed by Respawn? Is this the greatest news to ever happen on Gaming News Weekly? I think so. This is exciting. So this is um, uh, from Insider Gaming. They announced that um, that this game is coming out. It's in the very early stages of development, uh, but it says the game will see the player take control of a Mandalorian bounty hunter, unclear who, um, set during the time when the Galactic Empire is dominating across the galaxy. It's your job as a bounty hunter to capture bounties, dead or alive, for cash rewards. Um, and it says the game will be focused on mobility and style as guiding principles. Um, you know, you got that... Um, is you know the jetpack or whatever so yeah. it says the game's high mobility has been made possible storytelling wise thanks to the mandalorian's jetpack which allows the player to perform horizontal dashing vertical jumping boost sliding uh and more sources describe the game as a very fast pace um and as such will reward players who play in this style for example the player's health will mainly regenerate based on successive kills um as to be expected, playing as a Mandalorian bounty hunter gives the player a wide variety of weapons and gadgets, including a wrist rocket, grapple hook, a visor for tagging enemies, and bounties, and more. Uh, it's understood the game will not be an open world and will have uh, linear levels taking place on a variety of different planets in the Star Wars universe. This game sounds perfect. It sounds awesome, dude. Like, with if it's got any of that Titanfall 2 kind of movement ability or Apex, you know, that oh, yeah. style... In addition to that, oof, this game's gonna be—it's gonna be awesome, right? I'm a little torn between like, would I prefer this as an open world to the linear storytelling? I haven't really played one of those linear games in quite a while, but well, Titan if it's Fall done 2, right, it could be cool. Titanfall Two was a great linear, open, you know, a late, a great linear campaign, tight, a tight six-hour, you know, campaign um, that is still considered to be one of the greatest. FPS campaigns ever, you know? So we'll see. I'm expecting more uh, from this, but man, what a great idea. Star Wars fans, first-person shooter fans. You think that little Grogu is going to be in this? 
Mm. Uh, could be because, uh, yeah, I don't know the Star Wars timeline so well, but I think the Grogu is supposed to be able to live like 900 years or something. Oh, you think that Pedro Pascal is going to be in this? That would be a, you He's know, in uh, everything, so yeah. That's true, that's true. He's not going to be playing the Mandalorian, he's just going to yeah. be in it. It'll be the voice else. of like a mop bucket droid. Exactly. So, yeah, that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing more information about that, probably probably way down the line, but um, it's, a, it's a good one. And another uh, game announcement, a competitive multiplayer fighting game set in the Avatar The Last Airbender universe. Now, this one, I don't know. I'm not as excited about this one. I don't know who was asking for this, but it could be cool. You know, I'm not. First question I have is, like, what style of fighting games is going to be? Right. You know, is it going to be, like, Mortal Kombat, like, Air, Avatar Mortal Kombat, or is it going to be, like, you know, multiverses type situation? Right. I don't know. Um yeah, so anyways, uh, they announced, it says, uh, we're thrilled to announce that we have entered into a partnership with Paramount Consumer Products to develop a competitive multiplayer fighting game set in Avatar The Last Airbender Universe. Uh, this competitive fighting game is set to release into early access in 2025. We are thrilled to be bringing this project to life, and we'll have so much more to share on this game in the future. So, yeah, not much is known about this one, but I know you're a fan of, uh, you know, anime, Avatar fighting games how many what is your take on this mm, you know what I, I tried to watch avatar and i probably said this like five times already on the show but i i thought i was watching avatar and i ended up i was watching naruto then i just oh, finished right. that series so i have not actually watched avatar as little after my time as far as nickelodeon running it mm -hmm. i've not really considered this to be anime just because it seems like an american imitation of sure. anime yeah, it's a little more Western, sure. Um, I thought you were gonna say like you thought you were watching Avatar, but it turned out you were just watching like the blue the blue avatars. It was oh, like, yeah. oh shit, this is entirely different. Um Yeah, I don't know. Is there I just don't know if there's room for another game like this in there, you know, especially if they're doing like a Nickelodeon All Stars or a multiverse style one of those, or if they're going, you know, hardcore or Street Fighter. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those like, you know, Japanese style fighting games. Who knows? I don't know. And also, how right. many characters are there in Avatar? Is there enough characters in Avatar to make, like, a full fighting game? Yeah, probably. Uh, just mm. from the out, out in the bushes here where I've seen Avatar right. from, Let's I think there are enough all. characters. Oh, Let's God. name them all. Korra. Arrow guy. He's got the guy with the arrow on his head, uh -huh. bald arrow think, guy. Is his name Avatar? Uh, yep. Okay. Johnny Aang. Avatar. Ang. Yep. Uh, Jake Long. Jackie Chan G Adventures. All right. Um, there's that fluffy um, cow that he rides, something like that. I just remember seeing something like that before. Uh, fluffy cow. And, uh, yeah, the Navi, the blue people, right? Yes. They include those. I think we so, got it. Ellen listen, Ripley or something like that. If you guys know anything more about Avatar, uh, please. Let us know. We don't. We don't know enough, but we do like fighting games and uh, new games. So, might be enough. And cool powers. There's gonna be air powers, probably air bending, fire bending, other bendings. All right. I'm just stretching now because I think that's the last thing that we have to talk All about. Right. Well, let me um, ask you one serious question on it. Ooh, yeah, I, I love what, one questions. real serious question. You know, because we had a. Questions. 
we almost did our top five based on cartoons that we want to see made into fighting games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to have a really hard time coming up with a list of those. So did you have something in mind for that? No. Simpsons. Simpsons would be number one. (laughs) I almost feel like they made something like that for Super Nintendo. Really? There were a lot of Simpsons games, dude. So many that are just like, remember like Bart versus the world. And then um, there was a one, I don't know. There was a whole bunch. But, yeah, I mean, the the problem is, though, you've got the best of both worlds when you have, like, the multiverses or the Nickelodeon All-Stars where, right. you know, you, you you don't have to pick one cartoon. You've got all your favorites just right there in one. Although it would be dope to see, like, a Simpsons, like, a Mortal Kombat-style game where it's, like, really hyper-violent. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, um, that's, that's part of the reason that I, I thought this would be a problem because so many... So many things already exist like that, like that yeah. we don't even know about. I'm sure there's some uh, Fox animation domination game sure. for mobile that has Family Guy, Simpsons, King of the Hill, everybody yeah. in there. You're probably right. And if not, we gotta we gotta go sell this to them. Right. I could. I, I know um, J- Jimmy Jimmy Fox. The, he's the head of Fox. Uh, yeah. He'll take my call any day of the week, and I'll be like, "Listen, Jimmy, we got this great idea." fighting game with all the cartoon characters oh well i know mike pbs so i'm gonna take it to him and we'll uh oh. we'll have him bid offers yeah i don't know i don't know how much how much money pbs has but you know sure we can try it all right that's it for us here at gaming news weekly thanks so much for checking out this episode be sure to check us out uh anywhere podcasts are found if you want to listen to the audio version uh, if you want to check out the video version, full, you know, you can see our glassy eyes and uh, our um, just our tired faces. Go over to YouTube, check out Pop Culture Playground. Uh, that's where you'll find the the video version. Or if you want a little be more adventurous, go check out FruitLab.com. Um, you can watch this show and also earn a cryptocurrency at the same time. Use it to to buy gift cards. It's a fun little spot. Um, you know, if you choose to go to the YouTube route while well, you're there, go subscribe to GameFAX, G-A-M-E-F-A-X. That is where Full Clip um, posts all his video game content. And then, uh, yeah, be sure to check us out on TikTok. Uh, we're over there putting out daily content, all the best bits. You go have a conversation with us. We're talking about games. We're talking about fun stuff. And uh, most of the last one is just um, people, you know, saying that, I was wrong and Skull and Bones is actually really good. And I still disagree. I challenge them to this day. And then, um, what else? I think that's everything. Did I forget anything? I think that's everything. That is. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go uh, rest up. Need some chicken soup. All right. It's good for being sick. And lots of beer. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.